Please feel free to follow along in your Bibles or your bulletins, and our scripture will have a brief introduction. Today we are considering what it takes to be able to do great things for God. Ordinarily, Christians meet the challenges of life with prayer, but Matthew's gospel teaches us that in addition to prayer, two additional spiritual practices are required. Let's listen in to what these might be, and if practice, what power in Christ they bestow upon us. Reading from Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. Jesus and his disciples returned to the crowd. A man knelt in front of him and said, Lord, have pity on my son. He has a bad case of epilepsy and often falls into a fire or into water. I brought him to your disciples, but none of them could heal him. Jesus said, you people are too stubborn to have any faith. How much longer must I be with you? Why do I have to put up with you? Bring the boy here. Then Jesus spoke sternly to the demon. It went out of the boy, and right then he was healed. Later the disciples went to Jesus in private and asked him, Why couldn't we force out that demon? Jesus replied, it is because you don't have enough faith. But I can promise you this, if you had faith no larger than a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to move from here to there, and it would. Everything would be possible for you. can't tell by reading the uh, Bible verses in the bulletin. If you have a Bible and you're looking at it, you will notice that most Bibles do not have verse 21. It jumps from verse 20 to verse 22. This morning I went through the Bibles here in the church, several different versions of it, and um, I didn't find any that had verse 21. They all jumped to 22. But I have one in my truck that has it in it. So Matthew 17, 21. And the reason it's not in it is because the Greek uh, manuscripts in which they, they uh, translated, most of the Greek manuscripts did not have verse 21. So it isn't, it isn't used all the time. But 21... Uh, 1721 says that kind of spirit talking when, when they asked him why they couldn't remove that spirit he says because that kind of spirit comes out only if you use prayer and fasting a little bit more to it uh, ye of little faith what did Jesus mean by that and who was he talking to who was he upset with the apostles the boy the father the demon at first I have to admit, I started to reject this uh, text and move on to something else. But I, real, I, I realized that in Mark, there's a sister 
companion story, uh, Mark 9, 14 through 28, and uh, was more intrigued. And after thinking about what direction to go, I realized that I could get on my soapbox for a minute, and I'll do get, we'll get there later on. But anyway, Mark 9, 14 through 28 tells the same story with a little more color, and I'm going to read, I'm going to read that. It's the same story, but a little different. When Jesus, Peter, James, and John came back to the, the other followers, now they had just been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's where they'd been just prior to this. Coming down to, the, to rejoin the rest of the apostles. They saw a great crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. But as soon as the crowd saw Jesus, the people were surprised and ran to welcome him. Jesus asked, what are you arguing about? A man answered, teacher, I brought my son to you. He has an evil spirit in him and that stops him from talking. When the spirit attacks him, it throws him on the ground. Then my son foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes very stiff. I asked your followers to force the evil spirit out, but they couldn't. Jesus answered, you people have no faith. How long must I stay with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So the followers brought him to Jesus. As soon as the evil spirit saw Jesus, it made the boy lose control of himself, and he fell down and rolled on the ground, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has, he, has, has this been happening? The father answered, since he was very young, the spirit often throws him into a fire or into water to kill him. If you can do, if you can do anything for him, please have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to the father, you said, if I can, all things are possible for those who believe. Immediately the father cried out, I do believe, help me to believe more. And the King James says, help me with my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was quickly gathering, he ordered the spirit, the evil spirit, saying, You spirit that makes people unable to hear or speak, I command you to come out of this boy and never enter him again. The evil spirit screamed and caused the boy to fall to the ground again. Then the spirit came out. The boy looked as if he is dead, and many people said he is dead. But Jesus took hold of the boy's hand and helped him to stand up. Then Jesus went into the house. His followers began asking him privately, why couldn't we force that evil spirit out? Jesus answered, that kind of spirit can only be forced out by prayer. At first glance, this story looks like Jesus is uh, removing a, a little extra tough little demon and in the process healing a young man. But there's a lot more going on here. It is a story about believing in faith. Who is Jesus talking to? I think a lot of what he had to say was speaking to the people who had gathered more than to the apostles. I believe that his word, you people have no faith. How long must I stay with you? How long must I put up with you? I believe that he was addressing the crowd. There, there were, in this crowd, there were true believers, people who were there for healing. Also, there were people there who were very well versed in the law but had no belief. And some who were there for the entertainment value. Jesus had entertainment value wherever he went. And in the day before television and computers, take what you can get. He was followed around by some for just that. The boy's father is a special case. Eh, maybe not. He is a believer, but he has no faith in what Jesus can do. 
Look at his request. If you can do anything for him, I pity on us and help him. The father had a belief in Jesus, but he also thought that the problem his son has was too tough to deal with. But Jesus tells him, if you had the faith as big as a mustard seed, a mustard seed about the size of a grain of salt, not very big at all. With just that much faith, you can move mountains. Who was the biggest believer there? The demon. Because as soon as the demon saw Jesus, he reacted because he had faith in what was going to happen. He knew what was going to come. But the, the, the evil spirit was just that, evil. And we don't know whether he could not or would not change. We don't, we're not given that. But all we know is it was an evil spirit. One of the most important parts of this story is what Jesus said to the apostles at the end of the story. When he said that kind of spirit can only be forced out with prayer and fasting. Jesus had a message for all of us. We all have a part in our own faith. Grace is freely given, but we must work at being faithful, prayer and meditation on God to grow in that faith. Not selfish prayer, but righteous prayer. Each of us has our own cross to bear and our own stumbling block to faith. Um, a big one is misunderstanding. What to expect from God. Praying to win the lottery, whether your 97-year-old grandma lives, lives is, is not likely to happen. It's not God's will. Praying for strength to get through financial difficulty. Or praying for peace in your time of grief when grandma passes. That's what God's there for. And most of the time, this takes a while. There are stories, many stories in the Bible even, of prayer for long periods of time. David, when his, when, uh, his first son with Bathsheba was dying, he prayed and prayed and prayed. His son died anyway. Um, Saul, toward the end of his life, he prayed that things would be different. But the, uh, when he raised Samuel from the dead, Samuel told him, it's too late. God tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. But you didn't, you didn't listen. So there are stories, many stories, where the prayer that we are praying may not be God's will. And there's many stories where they pray for, for long periods of time. The story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah reached his enlightenment probably as a teenage boy. And he preached for, they think, around 60 years. Uh, and died before the answer to that came. So we, and that's, and here's my soapbox time. There are times when we see a clear and immediate answer to prayer. But most of the time it takes a lot of prayer and meditation and work. And the personal problem I have is with some preachers who promise immediate and miraculous results. If you send them enough money or you use their special holy water, we cannot make that promise. God will do what God will do. Prayer will help us understand this and give us what God does promise, a peace beyond all understanding and eternal salvation. Let us pray. Father, we come to you as believers and ask you to increase our faith, 
to help us overcome the problems that hold us back from you, to take away the roadblocks in our minds and realize in our hearts who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us stand and sing number 240.